On this episode, we discuss men, women, and children. I guess that covers most of the bases. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey there, Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Hi, guys, and also listeners and anyone else around. I'm Elliot Kalin. Hey! We're here! Boom. We're... No. Okay. <laughs> so I'd like to welcome our listeners and you guys to the month of November. <laughs> Sandalvember is a month where we only do Adam Sandler movies, That's right, Dan? Not, we're not I thought, it was, that. I thought it was when we go down to beautiful Sandals Resort in oh. the Bahamas. That's where we're recording this. Is It's actually, we couldn't afford the Bahamas. Adults only. We're at the, Sandal- <laughs> no, we're at the Sandals in Weehawken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> that's a that's a uh, wave with a speech impediment. <laughs> so the complimentary sandals are not getting a lot of use, except when we walk to I don't I'm know the spa. Yeah, and within the <laughs> yeah. hotel only. But those aren't sandals; they're completely different. <laughs> yeah, they're puffy. And nor were they complimentary; they were given to you as a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's, that's a complimentary. Form of complimentary. What's yep. more complimentary than receiving a gift? <laughs> that's yeah. the best compliment you can it's receive. Like the universe saying, "Hey, we like you." <laughs> Um, so, yeah, this is not Sandalvember. We just happened to watch a movie that had Adam Sandler as one of many actors in it. Yeah, uh, too many. The sky was dark for all the stars were in men, men women, women, and, and children. children. This Ellie, movie didn't do it. Got it all. I didn't know that's what we were doing. <laughs> until Stuart and I seem to know. I guess you we two, maybe you like peed in a <laughs> fountain or something. You're both dream warriors, and you know what's going on in each other's minds. I think you're misremembering those yeah. movies. <laughs> two of us, both of us are ready for Freddy now. <laughs> oh, did you hear about Freddy? You got, you got fingered. <laughs> no. Is that, why? Is that why he wants to kill all those teens? Yeah, yeah. That's why he has those blade gloves, because now he's afraid it's, of fingers. It's just a, it's the cycle of violence is what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he got fingered, and now he's got to finger some teens <laughs> with his blade fingers. Okay. I mean, that's kind of the plot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, Freddie got fingered. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we watched Men, Women, and Children, the movie that the title alone tells you will try to talk about everything there is, if everything means middle-class white lifestyles. Yeah. Uh, because... It's a hot take. That's what... Uh, <laughs> so the I, hottest. And I, I think there were two black people in this whole movie, mm-hmm. one of whom was a school psychologist, and the other was Dennis Haysberg, a man <laughs> who is using Ashley Madison to cheat on his wife, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but one, I mean, like, at least the other one was Phil Lamar. That was nice to yeah, see. Yeah, that was nice to see him. Yeah. From Mad TV? That's from right. Many things. That's the main thing that everyone yeah. knows from. Um, so... So well, this is the this triumphant is, follow-up to uh, uh, to Labor, Labor Day. Day, and I'm gonna sell you never because since Jason Reitman wrote and directed both. Did you just say sell you? Yeah, yeah gonna I gotta sell, sell you this women. car. <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna take to get you in a men, women, and children today? <laughs> is it gonna take Rosemary DeWitt? We have her; she's in it. Ah. Do you like J.K. Simmons because he's in almost three scenes of the movie? Just kidding. How about <laughs> Dean Norris, Hank from Breaking Bad, Judy like Greer, him, and sometimes confuse him with Just Kidding Simmons? How about <laughs> Judy Jennifer Greer? Garner, TV's alias? Uh, okay. What about Judy Greer, Kitty 
from TV's Arrested mm-hmm. Development. Do you have, Would you like to say have, goodbye to these? <laughs> do you have my my main man, uh, Ansel Elgort, my yes, dog, the, the my name, dude? name created by somebody burping while naming their child Ansel Elgort. He's in there, too. <laughs> and let's, so, Someone wanted to name their child after Ansel Adams and then ran out of vowels. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like someone was trying to do the Crypt Keeper version of a real name, Ansel Elgort. <laughs> What was his name? Elgar, I guess. I don't know. Uh, th- do you like the show Justified? Uh, sure. Sometimes. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, well, who's your favorite? When I'm watching it. Oh. Who's- and when I'm not watching it. Who's your favorite character on Justified? Uh, Boyd Crowder, clearly. Uh, true, but he's not in this. <laughs> okay. Who's your uh, seventh favorite character on <laughs> Justified? Uh, that dentist played by Alan Ruck in that one episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about the guy who played Herman from Herman's Head? <laughs> the, guy <who> played- <laughs> the guy who played Herman from Herman's I don't even know how to parse that. I'm slowing it way down. And I can't even. <laughs> well, uh, it has Loretta from, uh, yeah, from Loretta from Justified. Justified, little girl. And yeah, uh, are there Max's act- daughter. Uh, adopted daughter, kind of. Hey, remember the guy that Pam dumped on The Office for sure. Jim? He's in the movie <laughs> for as the worst History teacher in the world. I don't think he plays the history teacher. I no, think that was somebody else. Well, I can't tell. You these, were so angered that these, your eyes saw red only. All these doughy, white, bearded, Midwestern-looking guys, I can't tell the difference between them. You're so lucky you're not doughy, Stuart, or else I couldn't tell the difference. Mm, that's true. I am lucky. <laughs> Instead, you're a handsome, bearded, white, Midwestern guy. say a little prayer guy. every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a, there's a scene. Well, I guess you started we'll get, out doughy, now it's at the top, though, man. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll that's get, the thing. It's a rags to riches I guess we, you want to talk about my, my entire life now, or <laughs> yeah. should we save that for a later podcast? Now, there was a character in this movie who loved role-playing games. Did you relate to him? Uh, well, that was my dog, Ansel Elgort. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> he and I go way back. Hansel? Uh, Hansel, indeed. Yeah. Um, he does <laughs> kind of have a Hansel-style haircut, because Hansel's no. so hot right now. <laughs> yep, that's a reference. Waka waka. <laughs> Thanks, Ozzy. <laughs> Congratulations Tell on your jokes, new show. I just want to remind you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I could totally get into his headspace where he's playing uh, Guild Wars and you could see the screen up here in the ether next to his head. Now, let's talk about, so this movie is full of stars. We've established that. It's like yeah. we cracked open a pirate's treasure chest full of gold. Unfortunately, the gold is encased in human shit. That's uh, been mixed with molasses, so it's also super sticky. Like Hanukkah guilt? Yeah, it's like, well, if it's Hanukkah, uh, Hanukkah guilt does not taste good, but it's oh, like human shit. We also forgot Emma Thompson as the narrator. As the narrator that the movie forgets about for a long period of time. I thought she played Carl Sagan. The best kind of narrator. <laughs> she just yeah. quotes Carl Sagan a lot. Okay. Now, the movie is about how people's lives are terrible because of the internet, but also because of not the internet. Yeah, uh, the movie tends. It's this is the movie begins. It's got a as, real muddy thesis statement, I would say. Oh, he was such a great blues music, musician. <laughs> muddy thesis. <laughs> I mean, his thinking wasn't super clear. Like his logic never quite worked out. <laughs> but oh, the way he plucked that guitar! You know, mm. no one pulled the strings like Muddy Thesis. Yeah, uh, you never know why his baby left him. <laughs> No, I mean, by the end of it, it could have been his car. It could have been his <laughs> yeah. love of music. You're it not, could have been his drinking. You I mean, know. we know that Wait. since his baby left him, a lot of bad stuff happened. Yeah, the things we are don't know the causal, like the, <laughs> the incident. <laughs> this, what you're saying is, we need a prequel to this blues song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really explains the tale. Yeah, yeah. 
Money, this has been a big hit. Let's take it back. Let's dial it back. Well, I mean, all my songs are just me repeating the same line with now, 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 now after each one. So, sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real three white guys talking about the blues situation right now. In that, it, you could say that about any situation if you accurately describe it. That's true. This is a real three guys doing a podcast in an apartment situation right now. Yeah. Check our you privilege, like- guys. Yeah, it's pretty great. I checked it out. Yeah, look at it. Look at it. Oh, it's hot. Yeah. yeah. Check out that privilege. It's real taut privilege. What would you do to that privilege? Oh, boy. I would wreck that privilege. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> okay. I feel bad about Speaking myself. Speaking of not knowing what it's saying, this movie has a very unclear message. Mm-hmm. It's The first half seems to be anti-internet, and then the second half seems to be anti-people not using So the, the movie begins in outer space. As any movie <laughs> called Men, Women, and Children should, it begins in outer space as a satellite <laughs> flies through space, and Emma Thompson tells us about... Uh, what is it, the Voyager probe or whatever, whichever satellite it is that Carl Sagan put that gold record on uh, that, <laughs> that, that has recordings of people saying hello in, like, waves. Wait, Carl Sagan has right? a gold record? Yeah, it was, it was his only acid rock album. Wow. It was called Billions, O Billions, O Billions. And, it's uh, called Star Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was very hallucinogenic. The, the A side is a bunch of, like, kind of radio playable cuts and then the B-side is just one long the, song. Just for the fans. Yeah, which is just, have you ever heard metal machine music? It makes that oh, sound boy. accessible. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And he said, in, Carl stuff. Sagan said, and he quote, I'm quoting him, this is the kind of music people will be listening to in the future, and if you don't believe me, you can go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm wow. Carl Sagan. <laughs> oh, I that's, what he said. Said, that's what he said in the last episode of Cosmos. <laughs> this is on PBS. So it's like a Saturday Night Live impression where he says his name every time he does it? <laughs> yeah, or a Flophouse impression, to be honest. <laughs> I thought he said, I guess you're not ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he went back in time so that Mr. and Mrs. Sagan got together at the, mm. at the high school dance. That's right, yeah. And that's the origin story for Carl Sagan. <laughs> you know I'm not Plagin. I'm Carl Sagan. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> no. so yeah, when he was on Yo MTV Raps that one time, <laughs> a failure of an appearance. We wouldn't bring the Back to Future thing if he had then played Smells Like Teen Spirit and goes, you're not going to like it, but your kids' kids are going to like that. Yeah. Now, can I get my EDM machines in here for what your kids' kids' kids are going to listen to? Now, okay, your kids' kids' kids, they're going to be really interested in this thing called The Drop. <laughs> let, me, sure. let me explain. Wow. Now, that doesn't sound like music, but it is. Yeah, somebody invent me a Game Boy so I can just play music using its sound card. <laughs> Okay, and then your kids, 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 kids are going to go back to using little pieces of your music. It's yeah. called sampling. Uh, allow me to show you what it's like. You play that, but then speed it up real fast, like high-pitched, and then do it over and over again. Now, some of them are going to like your grandparents' music. They're going to play on a wash tub. And, <laughs> With a banjo. Everyone's going to hate them. Yet somehow their music will be everywhere. Now, your kids, 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 kids' music are going to score only car commercials, and it's going to be a lot of ukulele and claps and kind of <laughs> choral singing. Yeah, and someone in the back is going to go, hey ya or something like that. <laughs> or just, or, huh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who decided that so much music should involve someone just going, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. Excuse me, That's first. what makes it authentic. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I just made noise because I have to get beers out of this Yeah, you may have noticed some, some radio sound effects. We're not sitting in front of a roaring yeah. fire. That's <laughs> Stuart trying to open a plastic bag. <laughs> His beer like, bag. Like an old person unwrapping a candy in a movie theater. Now, when we he s- thought if he did it slowly, 
Nobody would notice. Now, when we say beer bag, unfortunately, it's not how you're imagining it, which is just a bag filled just with loose a, beer. A sack of beer. Well, it's he, like an old person. I have this bag. I'm not going to throw it out. I'm going to use it again. No, it's a perfectly good you bag. You up in the Depression. You mean they can't afford a bag like it's that? It's only got one hole in it, the hole that I put things into. <laughs> no. Like an old, like a homeless guy at the bus stop masturbating. He thought if he did it slow enough, nobody would notice. Okay, so men, women, and children were started in space. Emma Thompson's telling us about how Carl Sagan chose all these things to send into space to tell an alien what humans are like because we're fragile, beautiful beings or some garbage. Uh, then we hit back to Earth. If anything, media res. As Will Smith oh, would boy. say, I don't welcome know if to that Earth. Means what you think it means? It means medium resolution. Okay, sure. Uh, so we're on. We're in a small town somewhere, any town USA. Let's call yep. it Americaville. One, two, three, four, Fake Street. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Coca Cola America. <laughs> all the, all Football phone, town USA. All the phone numbers are five 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 phone number. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> it's too many digits. They just keep dialing after the rings start. Now, there's a lot of plot lines in this movie, so I'm not going to try to do it in chronological order. Let's just go through them because they're all intertwined, yeah. like some crappy Seinfeld episode. You know, or like I said, it's 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 a real shortcut situation. Except for, unlike shortcuts, you don't have the brilliance of Robert Altman or uh, Julianne Moore wandering around bottomless for a whole scene. That's what Dan thinks about when he thinks about shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the Raymond Carver story. What we think about when we think about shortcuts. <laughs> Raymond Carver, who shortcuts was based on, mm-hmm. and Birdman. Anyway, so, uh, but this movie is directed by. Jason Wrightman. Yeah, who was the <laughs> wrong never man. Been. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm sure he's a great guy, and he's made movies people like. I'd hang out with him. I, I'm sure. I bet he, he's a I'd really— I'd hang out with his dad. Who wouldn't? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I love hanging out with dads. Ivan, <laughs> quote, the terrible Wrightman. Nobody <laughs> has ever called him that. Someone's at his, at his college, someone called him Ivan the Terrible. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have been ignorant. There was only one Ivan the Terrible. His name— Ivan the Fourth, <laughs> Czar of the Russias. So, now, so this movie is about. So, there's a lot of intertwining things. We start with Emma Tom, and also Emma Thompson is narrating in this kind of wry, like, hmm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring out the ironies of these people's situations. Yeah. It's like a crappy version of the book from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. She ported her narration over from whatever, like Stranger Than Fiction, where she literally was. Like, I mean, that was yeah. a comedy where it was like, you know. She had to have that ride. Well, this yeah. movie is described as a comedy. Well, that was the funny a comedy drama. Yeah, were you the one who discovered that? That it was described. Oh, yeah, as... did. Oh yeah. Well, I don't. He's the credit. fucking kid sleuth over here. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Encyclopedia Brown who found that out. <laughs> Bugs Meanie, you called this a comedy drama, yet there's nary a laugh to be found. Don't invest, kids. Uh, but it's there's not a lot of jokes, and it's a dour movie. Everything's dour. You thought Labor Day, a movie about a convict who accidentally killed his wife and teaches a mother and a son how to make pie erotically, yeah. was a dour movie. A movie where a kid says to his to his widowed mom, "Talk about a cream pie." Edit that out, Dan. <laughs> yeah, please, please okay. edit that out. Wow. That was a movie where where a, where a kid told his widowed mother. I'll be dad for the day for you, which is one of the saddest things I've ever heard in a movie. This is movie has the saddest thing that an adult can say, which is there's a scene where an adult says to a teenager, these are the best years of your lives, which is the most pathetic thing a human being can think. Mm-hmm. That the first 
16, 17 <clears throat> years are the best years of their lives, and everything after that. Do you that think is that's like Except just for the stars of the movie, the best years of our lives? But that's and that what, was ironic. But that's ironic. Is that, that like a, too? Do you think all like high school principals like that's in their basic like manual of how to deal with a surly teen? It's is gotta like be. you got to remind them this is the best years of their lives. It's like, hey, dude, enjoy it now because your life. Follow is the script. Be like kid. that was that would be like follow the script. <laughs> You're supposed to have fun, but not too much fun. Graduate and be miserable. <laughs> that has got to be. Listen, like, here's a Bruce Springsteen song. It's called Glory Days. Listen to it. Aside from like this, like saying the saddest thing about the adult who's saying it, that is the worst thing to say to a miserable teen. Like yeah. it was like, uh, you mean it's like the opposite? It is literally so the I should opposite. Kill myself of, now is it what gets you're better. saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like what the? This is the pinnacle. <laughs> Fuck this! I'm out. And by out, I mean I'm out of this this life because <laughs> I've already killed myself. Stop the world! I want to get off, everybody. <laughs> is that all there is to a fire? Yep. Let me let me pull up my <laughs> let me pull up my Uber Charon. <laughs> Come pick me up, dog. It'll be, be two bits. Now would that be an Uber X or an Uber Black? <laughs> Uber Black For, in this case. And yeah. Charon's just gonna come pick you up. You don't have to go to the River Styx. No, dude. He shows what, up. His boat has wheels on it and a motor. <laughs> it's a hovercraft. <laughs> He's magic, right? He just borrowed that hovercraft from Supercop, decided yep. to bring it over to get you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, it's so he, let's get. We start off with Adam Sandler as a dour dad who is going to try to masturbate on his home computer, but it's not working for some reason. And the only other computer is his fifteen-year-olds. A lot of the laughs of this movie come from uh, <laughs> Emma Thompson describing names of porn sites uh, with her accent. Yeah, there's also there's a. I'm going to I'm going to pull back the curtain on a behind the scenes thing from the Daily Show. Okay. We worked on a book called Earth the Book, mm-hmm. uh, which was the idea was we're explaining to aliens what human life was like on Earth. And something that John Stewart cautioned us not to do a lot was not to do a joke where the only thing about the joke was that you were describing something in an overly technical way. That there was no actual joke there. It was just that you were describing a dumb thing in a very highfalutin way, and like. That's Emma Thompson's narration for the most part. Is like the joke of it is just like I'm gonna describe this this guy masturbating in a way that's like overly highbrow, you know. But there's no actual joke there, or just like detached and detailed. Like yeah, he sat at the computer pondering, like, do I want big breasted whores or do I want you know anal angels? And the thing is, he, he pulled he, he pulled he, the tissue over that's here. The thing. <laughs> At the, I'm sure there's a video that fits both. Mm-hmm. And if not, just have two video screens open on your computer. You've got DSL, dude. You so can you're af- saying the bandwidth is there. In this modern world, we can have it all. In the Tom Tomorrow comic strip, this modern world, <laughs> yes. We can have any kind of sex mm-hmm. we want on yeah, TV. Yeah, you can have a big-breasted penguin with a vi- visor. Yeah, telling us things about Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> so is he blind like Jordy LaForge, or what's going on with that visor? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Tom Tomorrow, call in. <laughs> the lines are open. Uh, so Adam Sandler is a sad sack. He and his wife haven't had sex in a long time. He's masturbating a lot. Uh, Do you think the beard was a choice, or he was like, uh, do I have to shave? <laughs> considering, like, no. Considering Adam Sandler often chooses his movies based around where he can go on vacation while making them, I don't know. I will possibly. say that, like, I mean, you know, it's not like he's particularly great in this movie or anything. He's not but, bad. But that, well, that's where I'm going with this. Is like Adam Sandler, extremely lazy with his own films. I feel like whenever he shows up in someone else's movie, he puts in a pretty good performance. Like, you're like, oh, okay, this guy can act. He's just super lazy most of the time. <clears throat> Now, uh, I'm Stuart, and, and seems, he, Stuart seems well, dubious. And he, but he brings like a certain beaten down quality 
to his other roles that seems very fitting for this role. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily him like acting or just him being cast well in the part. Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I'll like, give him the credit, you know, a little bit of credit. I even guess. to play yourself is hard. So I think to play that- with yourself is extremely easy. In fact, not doing it is harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I think he's. I mean, the actors in this, some of them are pretty are do a do a fine job of trying to get across the material. A few, I think most of them are. Doing like, pretty good jobs. I most think, of them. Like Jennifer, Jennifer Garner, Garner is, is not very is good. too brittle and caricaturish. Yeah. Mostly that uh, some of the teens are kind of like, Bleh. you know, like there's not a lot coming yeah, out of them. Yeah, but those are teens. Yeah, but that's teens. It's just the way they are. <laughs> teens. That, why gotta be so? Bleh. Man, that man, that Ansel Elgort. He brings it. Oh no, he tears. like a maniac. You totally believe guys. I've started taking uh, a supplement of Ansel Elgort every day. <laughs> no, no, Dan, that could lead to insomnia, restless leg syndrome, temporary blindness, bouts of race hatred, vomiting, wow, vomitagia, which is like vomiting, but your stomach still hurts afterwards. Insomnia and death, and and long moments of staring at a screen with your mouth uh, slightly open. Yeah, ask your doctor about Ansel Elgort. So no, what no, I kind of I love that this movie featured something from. Uh, Unfriendable or whatever the fuck we watched a couple weeks ago where it had a character writing out all their thoughts and then deleting it and then writing something shorter. And innocuous, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This also, there's a lot of screens in this movie. Screens are popping up everywhere. So imagine watching, uh, what was it called, Chef? That John Favreau yeah. movie, where every time someone tweets, it appears on screen. Imagine that, but everyone's tweeting all the time and there's screens all over the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Double screens. Triple screens. Quadruple, quadruple screens. screens. I mean, there's so many screens. Multi-screens. Mm-hmm. Everything's a multi-screen experience these days. <laughs> yeah, so, so just watch this movie and you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. So let's just go through the stories quickly. So Adam yeah. Sandler is married to Rosemary DeWitt, and they're their, unhappy. their sex life is D-O-A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dork on arrival. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> uh, they both get involved in the internet in different ways. He decides to hire a prostitute through it, and she joins Ashley Madison, the famous uh, adultery site. She's the one woman on Ashley Madison. <laughs> Which is why she gets so many dates. Very popular. You think Dennis Haysbert's picking her first with that picture she put up? Yeah. She, she, uh, she signs up for account at work. And puts up a picture. That Seems like just, a misuse of company time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. In many ways. And, uh, it's just a picture of her fuzzy sweater. <laughs> yeah. Dude, guys were into that. Well, I guess she's trying it wasn't to wasn't like an Angora sweater. It like Russ like, Meyer movies are built on that. <laughs> she's, she's, Russ Meyer movies are built on what's under the sweater, Stuart. Mm. Namely, the tag. Yeah. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The yeah, dry she's, clean only. She's, she's trying to attract moths and, I don't know, some cats. Yeah. So with with her sweater. Meanwhile, they have a son who has been watching pornographic videos since he was a kid, and now he cannot get it up for a human woman who's in front of him. And at one point, tries to rectify this by having sex with a hollowed out Nerf football full of lotion. Sounds like a good plan. We never find out if it works or not. Yeah. So those are some of the stories. There's another story. There's a high, high school football star. <laughs> some of the legends. <laughs> some of the myths that are told. So each of the, I like to think of this movie as like the constellations in the sky. You look up and you go, oh, those stars together make up the unhappy masturbator. Uh, those stars up there make up the Ashley Madison sight. That would have been great, by the way, if it kept cutting to shots of the night sky and we would have constellations of yeah. the characters. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> almost like a wonderful happens, life. Because it kept cutting to... The, that satellite going through space. Yeah. Uh, then there's a high school satellite f- of love. There's Blue a, Reed. 
there's a high school football star played by your dog, Ansel Elgort, mm-hmm. who does not want to play football anymore because he's too depressed over his mom abandoning the family. And now, and so he decides to throw himself into the fantasy world of Guild Wars. By the way, by the way, uh, I spaced out. Did we explain why we keep referring to Ansel Elgort as your buddy? Uh, because. For many years, I worked for a company called Games Workshop, Dan, which sells model figurines. Mm. And one of my regular customers who I would see, I don't know, almost every day was hot teen star Ansel Elgort. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so he and I are super close. Yeah. Did you ever say to him, Elgort, El Barada, El Nicto? I'm like, hey, Elgort. that would have been a hilariously nerdy joke. Uh, I didn't. I don't even know what that joke means, Well, Elliot. technically, I guess it would be El Gort, El Clatu, El Barada, El Nicto. It's a day the earth stood still reference. Okay. Or maybe you remember... Is that, that uh, like a movie you or... Army of Darkness, you remember... the repurposed... Uh... What's Army of Darkness, they, guys? Was, they just what stole it as a joke. They referenced it. Yeah. Uh, Army of Darkness <laughs> is a movie I'm pretty sure you saw. <laughs> You're like, is that that French movie about the resistance? No, that's it Army of Shadows. The most Stuart movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing it doesn't have okay, is a guy on. getting his dick ripped off. And it kind of does yeah, have that. There's no casual nudity in it. I guess that's the uh, one thing. Well, there's that one part where the zombie, the deadites are arising, and they somehow have a bunch of scantily clad women chained up that they're yeah, tagging along, true. who have appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> and one of them, I think, might be a little nude, but I'm okay. not sure. Yep, it's or I think they're. I think it's like X Men nudity, where like their hair is covering their their parts. Yeah, yeah, and they have no pupils. Yeah, because <laughs> they use their. That's powers. how you define the nudity. X Men, or like even their eyes are nude. <laughs> little wisps, little wisps of smoke are covering their nipples. Yeah, like yeah, steam yeah. or something. That happened a lot. Actually, every time yeah. Psylocke got out of the shower. <laughs> exactly. Sure. It's uh, like you're wasting all the hot water, Psylocke. <laughs> <laughs> Just go get Firestar to heat some more up. I don't know. Sure. Forge, why don't you get on that, bro? Make a bigger water heater. <laughs> I'm too busy inventing devices that'll help Rogue with her powers for a day and then break. Sure. I'm working on the Blackbird to get out my sexual kind of, energy. Some kind of techno shaman. <laughs> I mean, he's exactly that, explicitly a techno shaman. <laughs> with, a, with like a metal piece on my leg that you just see a little part of and a headband. He lost it in Vietnam, dude. He did. <laughs> On Veterans Day. Uh, Veterans Day, no less. I should be more respectful to Forge. (laughs) Maybe the least popular X-Men character ever created. And I'm including Maggot and Marrow in those rankings. I'm including Joseph, the clone of Magneto, in those rankings. Forge is still lower. I'm including Stacy X, the mutant-powered prostitute that was in, like, six issues. I know that Forge was in the comics when I was reading the X-Men comics, and I can't picture him. He's just a guy with a mustache and a headband. And a, he's got a ponytail. And a ponytail. He's got a metal leg, and he's a techno He shaman. dated Storm briefly uh, yeah, because she had no other options. <laughs> they were on and off, on again, off again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Bishop showed up, and... And then Marvel was like, well, why don't we just have her date only black characters? And Bishop and Black Panther showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so that's the our high school X-Men history. <laughs> the, the high school that's that's uh Stuart Elliott explain the X-Men. <laughs> Take that Rachel and Miles. Now uh Tim Mooney, high school football star, Ansel Elgort, he quits the football team because it doesn't matter to him anymore no. uh, in the wake of his mom's abandoning the family, and he really gets into Guild Wars, which is an online massive multiplayer role-playing game. Online mm-hmm. role-playing game. Uh there his father Dean Norris. Dean Norris. TV's Dean Norris. Is Really unhappy about it, but he starts up a little relationship with Judy Greer's character, who is helping her daughter, who's a cheerleader, to run a vaguely softcore teen 
porno mm-hmm. site where yeah. she she models in under her daughter her teen daughter models in underwear and bathing suits. Yeah. It takes most of the movie for Judy Greer to realize this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Even though like at one point she's like she's like feeling out with Jennifer Gardner. She's like, now you know the legalities of all this like she's like clearly like, what would and would not be child pornography? You know, like it was Was that was, your Judy Greer impression? <laughs> <laughs> what would be <laughs> <laughs> Now, Jennifer Garner, what would or would not be child pornography? <laughs> Perfect. When we record an episode of Archer, we're not together. We record our parts separately. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, so what you're saying is that you're saying that her realization, the moment when she's in the meat aisle of the grocery store. Uh, we know that because there's a big sign that says meat. And the woman on the phone is like, your daughter has a porno site. That moment is bullshit because you think she already knows. Well, she. This I mean, is, it's clear that she's been eating at her for a while. But the fact that she goes to the point where she's like, where's the legal line? Like, she's yeah. like, like, that seems. Now, we've mentioned two subplots there. One is that Jennifer Garner, who is an overprotective mother, has started a, a group of parents to stop the internet, I guess, because it's and telephones because they're ruining children. They're dangerous. And through that, she meets Dean Norris and she begins dating him. But also that her daughter is obsessed with being famous and decides that and they at the mall one day, while her daughter is texting with the kid who can only get it up while watching videos, Adam Sandler's son, uh, and telling him that if he was tied up, she would totally ride him. That through over texts or sex, I guess the young people call them. They run into open auditions for teens to be on a show called America's <laughs> Next Big Celebrity, <laughs> which is the least imaginative name ever for a tel- fake television show. It seemed like a placeholder name. They're just like, oh, fuck it, we forgot to change it. Make the sweaters. <laughs> America's teeniest teen. That's you- for the smallest teen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got a bunch of kids who are trying to sneak onto that show because there's a million dollar prize. <laughs> we made this show to empower dwarf teens. What All these little kids are trying to get in. Mm-hmm. I guess actually one of the subplots of this movie is kind of about America's teeniest teen, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, that's right, because there's also... Oh, so Jennifer Garner's daughter is angry at her mom because her mom monitors all of her phone calls and text messages and websites and things because like that. Because her mother's a crazy person. Because her mother's crazy. She's overprotective to the point of insane paranoia, to the point that she is... At one point, at later, yeah, she's she's a real Carrie's mom. It's like the only episode of Dollhouse she saw was the horrible future, where like cell phones are turning everybody into horrible Dollhouse monsters, <laughs> and she's like, "That is our inevitability. I need to put a stop to that by ending the internet." I would have loved it if that was the origin for a character. <laughs> she's like Dollhouse, Joss Whedon. I'll give it a try, <laughs> and that was the one episode. She's, she's like, like, "A oh, chilling vision." Yeah. She's like, "Oh, the first six episodes aren't very good, but oh, it gets interesting after a while. Okay, I'll stick with it." Huh, interesting that they gave it a second season. All right, thank you, Fox. Dollhouse had two seasons. Yeah, yep. I didn't realize that. Yep, I think they thought they were re- they were renewing Henrik Ibsen's A Doll's House. Yeah, and they that's were like, right. time for Fox to get classy. <laughs> yeah, maybe then we can do an enemy of the people. <laughs> Who's this Joe Sweden character? <laughs> he must be from Sweden. <laughs> Who's this Jody Sweden <laughs> uh, from Full House? How how rude, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, by the way, this like. <laughs> This sound like <laughs> this is way too much like sounding like patting ourselves on the back. But in terms of like, no, that's what this sounds like. <laughs> there, are, like sometimes, sometimes I do dream of like someone deciding to like do an annotated version of our show when I'm just like, we have made a lot of a shit ton of references to a bunch of stuff. I just like I want to see it written out and like diagrammed like how many different. All references. right, somebody mm-hmm. do that. 
Yeah, yeah annotate I'm putting it, spend on hours you. on that. Yeah, basically, Mar- Martin Gardner, if you're out there, <laughs> when I was, annotate yeah. us. <laughs> That's what he's up to these days because he's dead. Dan Martin what? Gardner died. He died. We've got to get Joss Nevins, okay. the guy who uh, who that's his name, right? Jess Nevins, the guy who annotates League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He's okay. still alive. No, Martin Gardner died a couple years ago. I was very sad, sad about it. Author of my favorite book, The Annotated Alice. Is that your favorite? That's one of my favorite, bo- my I think favorite, it's favorite books. Even more than than just reading Alice in Wonderland, I think my favorite is his annotated. No, no, I mean to yeah. read the, everyone out there in podcast land. If you love uh, the Alice books, but have not read the annotated Alice, you are missing out because it is so much more a rich experience to to know. I mean, all it's, that stuff. it helps, but it's also de- the way he annotates it is delightful. Yeah, but uh, if it wasn't for the bedrock genius of Lewis Carroll, bedrock. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for Bad Rock, the genius Rob Liefeld's character. Uh, my other favorite book, Man Who Was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton. I may it's, mention that on the show. It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty great I'm, book. I read it. I, That's I, in the fiction division. Nonfiction, of course, Power Broker. I kind of stri- stick to the manga section. <laughs> and The Journalist and the Murderer by Janet Malcolm. Stuart sticks to the mango section. He <laughs> <laughs> just likes tropical fruits. <laughs> yep, I like to sit in the aisles of Barnes and Noble, chomping on a fucking mango. <laughs> Then you go in now. This is a book. Yep. Why isn't this on the paperback favorites? Wearing those pants that have uh, cargo pants. That is in a book, and you're getting the actual books all sticky. He's just wiping his hand on copies of other books. My God, uh, you must not like culture. Mangoes. It's from Japan. That's not even correct. Sir, can I at least get you a book on mangoes so you can learn about what you're eating? Well, you can give me a book. I'm just going to get it all sticky with these delicious mangoes. There's only one other mango I need, and you pull up an SNL episode on YouTube with Chris Katana's mango. Sure. (laughs) Sir, please get out of the store. Sir, give me back my iPad. (laughs) You're getting mango juice all How did you get into our Wi-Fi network? (laughs) I can only tell from your pants that you're some kind of a hacker or a Matrix guy. (laughs) Are you wearing leather pants in this scenario? Yeah, and a mesh undershirt. Yeah, with a lot of straps. <laughs> For holding, I guess, like what? Uh, like jump drives and things? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we're not even done with the storylines. <laughs> no, it's fine. So she's, no one cares. So she's overprotective of her daughter. Her daughter starts dating the ex-football player. Uh, and every, there's a certain point when... Did Every, you forget about the one girl, uh, Just Kidding Simmons' daughter, who's oh, right. like soups who's skinny? Super anarchist. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the world's teeniest teen I was talking about before. <laughs> who has a terrible eating disorder and is part of an online community of anorexics who and bulimics who are egging her on to get ever thinner. Or as a gypsy would say, if well, their relative was hit by, their car, by her car, <laughs> yeah, thinner. <laughs> if she got that curse on her, she'd be like, thank you. This is not a curse. This is a gift. <laughs> yeah. Now, shall we just run through what happens with the? There's like a. She certain, could eat that shepherd's pie that she wanted to eat. That's true, and the cupcake that she smushes instead in her of face. just licking it, like they advised her <laughs> online. Uh, eventually, everything comes to a head as these storylines slam together, but not before slambo. Not before <laughs> the part that made me the maddest, which was when okay. a, a history teacher cut to a high school history class. Pastor, here. High school history class. The teacher says, puts the word puts nine slash eleven on the board. Says, "What is this?" And mean? I was like, "Please let this be fucking math class. Please let it be a fraction." Yeah, that they just didn't fact check after, beforehand. <laughs> they did. They, they, they were, everyone on. Well, set, I shouldn't have just let him do whatever he wanted. Everyone on set was like, "Yeah, that's a fraction." And then while they were editing, Jason Reitman was like, 
Oh, shit. I forgot that was a date of a tragedy. <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> oh, boy. Can we change that digitally in post? No. Uh, there's something about digital technology. You can't change anything written on a whiteboard. <laughs> it's called the nine. Uh, it's called the never forget algorithm. It just won't let you change those numbers. Uh, we've tried running that these colors don't run, but <laughs> it's only reinforcing the problem. Uh, so the... The teacher goes, does anyone know what this means? And one of the students goes, oh, is that the day that terrorists attacked World Trade Center? And he goes, yes. Aside from Pearl Harbor, it was the only time America was attacked by a foreign power on its home, on home soil, which is not true at At this at point, all. steam started shooting out of Elliot's ears, unless, and his hat flipped up in the air and made the sound like a tea kettle. Unless I missed the phrase, in the 20th century, which is also not true. And it's like, what about the War of 1812, dude? They burned Washington, D.C. to the ground. Why do you think we have a White House? Because they burned the executive mansion down. Honk shoe. It old me, news, dude. And it's like much like the... <laughs> it is old news. It's over 200 <laughs> years ago. Uh, it's much like the rest of the movie. I couldn't tell if the film was saying, this guy is a bad history teacher, or if the film was saying, we don't know anything about history. That, like, we as a movie think that this is true. The movie, like... Wanted to have it both ways throughout the film of the internet's bad, but also, hey, back off. Don't, don't get so mad about the internet, really. It's about being a better parent. And so yeah. there's a part where all the parents learn that they've been bad parents, where a skinny girl who has had her first sexual experience with— Well, I like her line of margaritas. <laughs> the, the girl with an eating disorder who's friends with the girl who's going out with the ex-football player, et cetera, et cetera, who are hanging out at the home of the most offensively stereotyped gay teen I have ever seen in a movie. It's like if you <laughs> took— like, Let's use like some broad strokes here. The only way they could have made him more— Outwardly, cartoonishly gay is if he dressed like Ducky from Pretty in Pink. I mean, he wasn't like Hollywood and Mannequin. Like, he just, you know. <laughs> he wasn't like, oh, in Mannequin, uh, yeah. on Mannequin 2 on the move. No, but I that's, think that he's in both of them. Yeah, right? he's in both of them. He's the one I said Mannequin and from... Mannequin 2 on the move. Yeah. yeah. I said and. Uh, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear that connection. Mannequin, Will Mannequin, and Children. Speaking of uh, Herman's Head, Mannequin 2 on the move. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. The thing. Herman from Herman's Head is in that too. <laughs> Who is that actor? I forget his well, name. We're calling him Herman from <laughs> like, now what? until infinity. William something. Uh, William Sadler. Yeah. <laughs> William Cat. <laughs> he was uh, William Tell. <laughs> now uh, William H Macy, who actually does a small cameo as a bartender in this movie. A <laughs> bartender, a blurry bartender. Barely <laughs> looks like him. <laughs> kind of like William H Macy. I mean, he's in the background, Dan. You can't really tell, dude. And he's in. Is he, and he's a great actor. He's not in the same scene with the snippiest bartender I've ever seen in a movie. Movie, outside of the one in the grifters who beats up John Cusack with a bat where Dennis uh, Dennis Haysbert's sitting with Rosemary DeWitt and she goes I'll have a what did she say like, a Cosmo a Cosmo yeah. and uh, Dennis Haysbert says uh, she'll have a Cosmo and he goes yeah I heard her <laughs> It's like, whoa, whoa, dude. Uncalled for. Yeah, I didn't vote for you in 24. <laughs> Look, the unit. I don't need your sass. <laughs> uh, so the... Uh, all these things come to a head when the skinny girl who's had her first sexual experience with her gay friend's brother, who, and this Which is... Which is great. She tells her friends, they're hanging out in his room watching Breaking Amish, while his his brother's friends play uh, Guitar Hero, rock star or something, and they... Do you think they chose Breaking Amish as an homage to Dean Norris of Breaking Bad? No. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Probably. That would be a very cloudy <laughs> homage. Roundabout homage. Yeah. Uh, she goes, ah, I gotta use the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom door, opens it and closes it, and mm-hmm. then runs into the brother, has sex with him for like 45 seconds, walks out, 
and then just to, for her alibi, opens and closes the bathroom door again. Now, when she does this, she's standing right in front of the open bedroom door of her of her friend. He could see her walk up to the door, open and close it, and then walk in again. I don't think breaking Amish is yeah. so incredibly captivating that they can't, their peripheral image, peripheral vision just disappears. But that touch is one of the few times like like I came close to liking the movie, though. On the other hand, because I'm just like, that's a stupid teenager. Yeah, you would do so. that. Uh, she ends up having an ectopic pregnancy, but because her body is so malnourished... Which has nothing to do with ghosts. No, it is not an ectoplasmic yeah. pregnancy, <laughs> in which is when, I, yeah, I guess Slimer comes after you. Mm-hmm. And you get birth shit, shitload of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, that, just like that Cosby Show episode where he dreams he gives birth to a submarine sandwich oh. after, I assume, a submarine sandwich roofied Cosby <laughs> and sexually assaulted him. And that's where he got that's the That's how idea. you do it, I guess. In the Cosby world, yeah. the Cosbyverse, and so, uh, she, so her, her J.K. Just kidding, Simmons is not kidding when he is very disappointed. <laughs> He's now, like, "I'm so unhappy. I'm going to leave this movie yeah. forever and He's never like, show back uh, up." First, I had to deal with Juno, and now you. Uh, the kid who can't get it up, except if it's a video. He tries to have sex he with the with the up. girl who has the website, and he can't Which do it. Which seems like it's right up his alley, right? Yeah, you'd think so. But uh, it doesn't work. His parents never find out he has a problem. Uh, football kid. He. I mean, who says he has a problem? At the end of the day, he just needs like to talk to more people and actually make a connection with somebody that isn't totally like I don't judgy. know self obsessed. I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, the football kid. Oh, uh, Adam Sandler and his <clears throat> wife eventually decide, hey, you know what? Let's not tell each other about our dalliances. We'll just have breakfast. We'll just forget about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just we'll, forget we'll, about it. Hey. hey, oh! There's a great scene of Adam Sandler making breakfast, and he's cutting food like a guy who has never cut food before. <laughs> he's cutting <laughs> onions, and he's cutting them into the smallest little cubes. <laughs> like he's He wants to get every bit of teardrop out of his eyes with those like onions. Like, you know, in his head, he's like, Making breakfast. I'm making breakfast <laughs> like is, a person. This is what someone yeah. who doesn't have a live-in chef does, right? <laughs> He's singing an opera band song about making breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that is his red-hooded sweatshirt. Uh, and uh, the football guy, he's mad because his mom is getting remarried. He has a fight with his dad. His dad finds out that his friends on Guild Wars were, were razzing him with some off-color remarks about his mom. So he calls his credit card company, has them delete the account, which is how that works, I guess. Now, the football kid, after having gotten in a fist fight with a guy who threw a football at his girlfriend, uh, was given depression pills by school psychologist Phil Lamar. Mm-hmm. He deci- And so he contacts with his girlfriend. TV's Hermes from Futurama. <laughs> he has a full name. It's Hermes Pan. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a choreographer, I guess. Uh, the where it was? Oh, wait. So he got all these Sorry. depression pills. He gets in touch. He's so distraught over his dad deleting his Guild Wars account. He gets in touch with his girlfriend. But uh, he just gr- needs to make a human connection for a change. But his girlfriend's crazy mom has got the phone and tells him, thinking it's her. Oh, and she discovered a secret Tumblr account that her daughter had, where she dresses up like a like she does. She pulls a, a whole. Uh, uh, Cindy Sherman untitled film stills where she dresses up in a bunch of different costumes and stuff. Sure. She's mad about it. She pretends to be She's her daughter on the phone and tells the boyfriend to buzz off. The boyfriend, having lost both his girlfriend yep. and his Guild Wars account in one night, tries to kill himself with the pills. Uh, yeah, luckily, and, and his dad, like, his dad forces the realization on him that his mom left both his dad and him. And is never coming back, yeah. And so uh, the... They go off and do 
whatever. Uh, his girlfriend shows up, finds him, <laughs> finds him almost dead. They go to the hospital. In the hospital, uh, Jennifer Garner realizes she's made a terrible mistake. Are there any mm-hmm. plots I've forgotten I've about? I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, and uh, Dean, oh. Dean Norris gets back with Judy Greer after she realizes that she is being a bad mom soccer mom by taking photographs right. of her Judy daughter. Judy Greer gets a call from America's next big celebrity, and they tell her, hey, your daughter had the best audition, but there's this weird website she has where she's just in underpants, and we can't allow that. Because the entertainment business and the reality TV business is about wholesomeness and quality. <laughs> She is distraught. She mentions it to It's Dean really Morris. nice of that uh, that person, though, to explain she all the a reasons. a very thorough yeah. explanation as opposed to just sending them a rejection letter. She says to Dean Norris, hey, I do this thing. Is that weird? He's like, that's super weird. I don't want to see you. She tells her daughter she deleted the site. Her daughter is mad at her and, they, and runs off, calls her the B word. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. A buzzard. Butterface. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she and Dean Norris get back together. And in the end, everybody has kind of like, much like a Shakespeare play, everyone's kind of repaired up into couples. And And then a satellite floats through space. (laughs) And Emma Thompson reads us a super pretentious Carl Sagan quote about how important it is to remember that we're all together on this dust mode of a speck of a planet floating in the infinity of the universe. So let's take care of it, shall we, and take care of each other. And that's it. That's the end. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I think I Carl Sagan was thinking was, why don't you make a podcast about this movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish the movie had ended with aliens just blasting that satellite and never re- <laughs> never listening to the record on it. Yep, a fucking void whale swallowing it up whole. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes right into the mouth of the asteroid worm from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> It's like, finally, I've been so hungry. It gets gets devoured by a bunch of Minox. (laughs) And then those aliens hover above the Earth, and the words, to be continued, (laughs) on the screen. In Men, Women, and Children 2, Men, Women, and Children versus the Aliens. Yeah, so uh, let's just move on to Final Judgments, whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked. I will say that for the first 15 to 20 minutes of this movie, I thought... You loved it. I thought this is maybe my least favorite movie we've ever watched because it was so, so overbearing about all the internet stuff. Like, it was just an article in movie form, and the article was a hysterical article about how the internet is ruining everything. Uh, Rather than, you know, taking the internet as maybe a symptom of pre-existing problems, like, the internet is a tool. The internet is not in and of itself bad. The internet can be used for bad and it can be used for good. And and all the bad things that were shown being used for, there's a good side. Like the anore- like Stuart pointed out, the anorexia thing where like people were encouraging the girl to be anorexic, it could just as easily have been a support group for anorexics yeah. who are like, No, you, you can't do this, you gotta do something else. You as know? much as the internet can alienate people, it, it also can bring, can bring people together. Well, and I think yeah. we also we maybe we take it a little personally because we do an internet internet based podcast that has a following on the internet. Sure. And we've seen a lot of people become friends and kind of get through tough times and I've, by reaching like, out to each other. And I've made friends with people like Elliot Kalin and Dan McCoy. Yeah. yeah. And like I met my all wife over the internet. We're not actually sitting in the same room. No, together. we've never met. Never we're met all, in person. We're actually uh we've been we're in the Matrix right now. <laughs> oh great. Well we're all in the Matrix all the time. That's why this steak tastes so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just pulling up uh a bunch of shelves with super cool weapons on them. Yeah. I'll take two katanas please. <laughs> <laughs> the are not really going to help you in the gunfight. They're going to look cool, though. I'm going to chop bullets in half. <laughs> but I mean, I was, and, uh, and speaking of someone who like met his wife on the internet, yeah. like that's the idea that I mean. But then by the second half of the movie, 
It's all about, that gets abandoned. It's about bad parenting. It's like, oh, you thought this was about the internet? No, 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 no. It's about bad parenting. And I hated the movie slightly less when that happened, but... Well, because stuff still, started happening. Yeah, like... I wish that the stuff had started happening. That would have been great. <laughs> and by the time stuff started happening, like, I was like, okay, well, there are good actors doing this, and there's... Uh, it's shot glossily, so it's not... At least it's not super boring, but the movie's bad. It's a bad, bad movie. It's, it is super boring, though. Yeah. There were two times when we checked how much movie was left, and both times I thought that we had, like, ten minutes left, and then it turned out once we were not even halfway through the film. And the second time, I think we still had, like, 30 minutes left. Yeah, the first half hour of the movie was more preachy and insufferable than God's Not Dead, a movie that is all preachy. <laughs> This movie felt like so. Imagine you're a kid and in a candy store. You're a kid and you have dinner, and your parents are like, "Well, if you eat your vegetables, you'll get your dessert." And you're like, "Okay," and you start eating vegetables, and they're like, mm, "Here's some more vegetables, kid," <laughs> and you keep eating vegetables, and it actually turns out those vegetables are filled with poison because they're wrong. <laughs> Does this metaphor make sense? Not exactly. I thought okay. you were going to say there was no dessert at the end. There was no dessert at all. But yeah. bad, bad is what you're saying. Yeah. All right. I mean, good, great. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say best picture. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every Tuesday, we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, a show about all the dumb, weird, terrible ways that we've tried to fix each other over the years. You know, some light summer listening. Maybe you want to hear about yogurt enemas, or why we tried to eat mummies for a while, or why drinking cholera diarrhea sounded like a good idea. That and so much more is waiting for you every Tuesday right here on the Maximum Fun Network with Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Uh, before we move on to letters, um, first off, first off, vaults. There is bastards. <laughs> there are a bunch of not a great interview. That guy. <laughs> it's a, too bad because he seems so delightful. Yeah, he's a great character actor. There are a lot of uh, plugs actually that uh, they look real. When did you start losing you. your hair? Uh, <laughs> I've never had hair. I, I, I was bald. I was bald as a baby, and it's all been plugged. Since I mean, then. most people are bald as babies. Did you just not wait for the hair to grow in? Elliot, have you ever seen the movie Powder? <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um, <laughs> no, there, there's some uh, plugs that I want to get in here. Um, first off, uh, a bunch of plugs for friends of the show, and then lastly, a plug for us. So that's a teaser. There's but, um, a plug. For us, somewhere a plug for us. And that's somewhere at the end of these other plugs. Yeah. So they're going to be chomping at the bit. Champing. They're going to be chomping at the bit, so let's get through these other plugs Is this first. a bit? Let's just keep going, because I'm not chomping on it. Okay, so first off, um, I've been meaning first to... First off, false. I've been meaning to four <laughs> months... <laughs> I can see you re- resisting it the first time I said that. I, no, the, I resisted it the second time. Yeah. You said the first time and I said it. Then the second time I wanted to, and the third time I came back to it. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to make this plug for a long time, and I just keep forgetting. Uh, my brother, John. It's, it's the 2012 Olympics. They're in China, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, China's t- time on the world stage. It's it's Charles Dickens' <laughs> new... Uh, <laughs> new uh, what the fuck? 
What, what novel? Yeah, but I was like cereal. Cereal. <laughs> yep. It's called Dickens <laughs> The World's Fair in Chicago, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the White City. It's the Columbian Exposition. <laughs> Hell, they had some kind of ferrising wheel. I don't even know. Go see it. Um, There's a devil there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, the first plug. I've been meaning to say this for a while. My brother uh, John has a podcast called Sophomore Lit. Uh, I wanted to plug it. It's the premise is he uh, looks at books that are typically assigned in high school English classes and he revisits them as an adult um, to talk about whether they hold up, why you think that there have been like books that are assigned to generation after generation of high school kids. Um, I was on an episode talking about Lord of the Flies. There have been episodes about, you know, like. Catching the Rye, a separate piece. When you guys were talking about uh, Lord of the Lord of the Flies, did you guys uh, break it down? Like, what click were oh, you in? Were we you broke like it a, down? Were you like a? Were you a Piggy? Were you a Ralph? No, I talked about how I was very sympathetic to Piggy. <laughs> yeah, of course you. Everybody's sympathetic to Piggy. Yeah, who were who were who were the bad guys? Uh, the Gremlins. <laughs> I was a, I was a Gremlin. <laughs> um, so deviling a, a Piggy. That's a podcast I've been meaning to tell people to check out. Like many podcasts, it. Uh, to some degree, it it uh, leans a lot on uh, who the guest is. There's some that are very good because of the guest, but all of them I think are good uh, because my brother is a good uh, host. So that's sophomore list. Uh, I also wanted to do a shout out to friend of the show Carolyn Fulford's podcast, the Loose Cannon Podcast. That's C A N O N podcast. It's a movie podcast. From more of a feminist perspective, mm. uh, so you should check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been a guest on that yet? I have not. Okay, but um, I also wanted to do a plug for our friend Ramel Wood, who is doing a live show on Monday the sixteenth at seven thirty at Videology. That's free. And Monday the sixteenth, seven thirty. Monday after this episode airs. Yes. Yeah. Cutting it close. She's doing the dis- the Dolores Claiborne Minute Live with Ramel Wood of Radio Free Brooklyn's Earhammer, featuring Body and Mod film podcast host Eleanor Kagan and Ksenia Yarosh, as well as Almo Draft House programmer Christine- Christina. <laughs> no, Christine. Christine. <laughs> it's a small piece of bread. Christine. <laughs> yeah, she's got it's a piece of bread with uh, basil and tomato and olive oil. It's on a great it. film That's programmer. That's delicious. And delicious. Yeah. Christina. <laughs> Cacioppo. That's how you say her last name, right? Close enough. I'm glad you did that. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is a thing that started out kind of as a joke on uh, recap culture. The idea that you do a recap of, you know, like television shows. And she's like, well, you know, what, what can I do a recap of? I'll do a recap of a minute of the movie Dolores Claiborne. Telling you what happened in that minute. <laughs> uh, but it's become uh, more of more of something. It's become more. Jay Moore. Yeah, so that's going to be videology. Those are all, uh, all the hosts are... Great. Yeah, great friends of ours and people we respect. And great people. Check them out. It's going to be a good show. I hope to make it, but I don't know if I'm going to, but I hope to. But lastly, let's move on to our plug. <gasps> what? Which is the Flophouse Live. It's happening again. What? At the Bell House in beautiful Gowanus, Brooklyn. Beautiful is an overstatement. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, on literally walking distance from my apartment <laughs> and mine, but slightly farther walking distance. Dan will probably take a car. Uh, now the Bell House. We haven't done. We did our last live show there. We haven't done a live show in like a year. Yep. Yeah. This will be our first live show since we sold out the place for Podfest. So we're hoping to sell it out I'm again. Hoping to resell out the Who sell out again. Let's say. Uh, so yeah. So uh, buy a ticket for yourself. Buy a ticket for all your friends. To it's on them. more than not just one ticket for all your friends. Yeah, buy, uh, buy a ticket tickets. for my parents, so they'll actually come and see me for a change. Maybe like buy a ticket for Santa. Just Santa, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Buy, buy a, a ticket t- for Elijah. Yeah, he's <laughs> he not going to show, show up, up but, but you know that's his thing. <laughs> So uh, no, it's on uh, January the fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. Uh, wow, the show is at nine p.m. The doors open at eight thirty. That sounds like a great, uh, like Christmas gift or holiday I guess, gift. Maybe whatever Tickets holiday you celebrate. Show. Do you want to buy someone a Diwali gift? Go ahead and do it. You know? It's twelve dollars. It's at the Bell House, one forty nine Seventh Street in Brooklyn. We haven't decided what movie we will be uh, discussing But yet. it's going to be a big, but, dumb one. Yeah, rest assured, we'll come up with something great. We've been batting around some ideas, and I think people are going to be really interested when we tear down Fury Road. What a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are our plugs. I want to uh, also say... This has been Plug Talk. Yeah. Geez, what? No, yeah. no, it's good. It's great. Anyway. Oh, God. I noticed you checking your... Uh, Apple Watch, very bored during that. I just wanted to show off that I have one. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's so, really cool. It's like a like a secret agent from the fifties. <laughs> before we want, <laughs> who went to the future got an Apple Watch. <laughs> before we move on to uh, letters, I just want to thank uh, people for sending us a few things. I want to thank Keith Phipps. You may know Keith Phipps from, of course, I thought the it was Dissolve. Keith. Last name withheld. <laughs> And uh, the Onion, uh, the Onion AV Club, the Onion Last Name Club. Mr. Pips. <laughs> sure. Um, no way they call him Mr. Pib. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you very much. I'll read a letter that he sent to us with something like thirty DVDs that he sent. A lot of DVDs. Yeah. Uh, dear flop friends, as you know, I used to have an office, and in that office, I could pile up so much crap—just mounds and mounds of wonderful crap. I no longer have that office, and though I now have a home office with a towering set of shelves, I still have to be selective about the physical media I keep, which brings us to the contents of this box. In an ideal world, I'd have room to store these movies and time to watch them. In this world, I have neither. But I can't bear the thought of just selling them off or giving them away to strangers, and I thought they might find a good home with you. The enclosed films include everything from boobs and butts to eviscerations and eyeball gouging making an educated guess on those last two. May I recommend Sugar Hill, which I've seen. It's a black exploitation zombie movie filmed in Houston. I like it in part because it's the rare revenge movie with the message that revenge is awesome. Please enjoy it as a small token of my appreciation for your continued excellence in flopdom. Your pal, Keith Phipps. Thanks, Keith. So thank Thanks, you Keith. Thanks for, for taking a box full of your crap and sending it to Brooklyn, a place where we have a ton of space for crap. Yeah. <laughs> I've known I don't know why. Space. <laughs> I don't know why you have to be so sarcastic about literally the most generous gift. No, it's a super great gift. I love it. Um, <laughs> wow. You should have seen how, how far back Stuart's eyes rolled. Yep, they that. rolled all the way back uh, like a slot machine. Um, <laughs> and then it said, 
bar bar fruit. So mm-hmm. we didn't wait. I have three eyes now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time I with my yogi. Yeah. <laughs> yogi you know, but- bear, yeah. <laughs> Is this called the stolen picketing basket? I am getting really excited. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm trying to cross my legs. I apologize to the listener who I assumed it sounded like an earthquake. Stuart crossed his legs and bumped the table and his microphone jumped back in fear. Okay. Um, I also want to thank uh, listener Michael Michael Siri from... Michael Sarah. ...for sending me a uh, lovely photo of myself... And my now sadly deceased cat, Lulu, which hangs in my home. Thank you for sending me a package that I opened up <laughs> and made me cry almost immediately. Oh, see, I would say there's a few things creepier than getting a package and opening up and finding a photograph of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it was pretty obvious that, that I was sort of incidental to that. The cat was the main feature. but uh, So he's stalking your cat. It was very nice and also very... Uh, sad making, yeah. But, uh, sad making. Um, my uh, my wife's and my sad making has gone down in in recent years. You know, when uh-huh. you have a kid, you're not sad as much. You're spending too much time playing words with friends, <laughs> as in the movie. Yeah, we're sitting next to each other playing words with friends together instead on of making iPads. sad. <laughs> instead of making sad, <laughs> and we're breaking sad with Dean Norris. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, thank you to everyone, and now we move on. To letters from listeners. Ba da ba 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 letters. Let's keep it moving. Elliot's <laughs> <laughs> right. got a hot date to get home to. Yeah, it's called sleep it's called, before my son wakes me up. It's called DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that in our state anymore. Uh, so this goes Hi, my favorite original peaches. It's November. So you know what that means. Cage Miss Creep has begun. Mm-hmm. You can already see the decorative Shocktober ornaments. October just ended in Cajunus already. And traditional Cajunus pinatas lining the halls of your local superstore. My question to you is this. What are your favorite Cajunus carols? I'm a big fan of ROCK in the USA around the Cajunus tree, as well as God rest you merry ghostwriters. And I can't help but cry when I hear Stolen Night. I'm really surprised. I expected a novelty holiday album from Elliot, if not the whole flop gang. P.S. If you would be so kind, please plug my own podcast in your show. All right. It's called... <laughs> Dan, you choose to read this letter. You didn't have to read this one. It's called you Goober... You can stop anytime you want. It's, it's called Goobermensch. It tracks my friend Dylan Last Name Withheld and my travel on the road to self-improvement and all the comedic tangents we have along the way. We do weekly uh, homework... We kind of copyright tangents. Listener-submitted challenges and discuss our myriad problems. Thanks. That's Goobermensch. Keep on flopping the free world. Nathan, last name withheld. Yeah. I assume his last name is Thanks, Nate you. Dog. It does seem like Cagemus <laughs> comes earlier every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had Cagemus in July even. I was in a Dwayne Reed the other day to buy uh, Turkey Day stuff, and instead it's Nicholas Cage this, Nicholas Cage that. Like, I just want to buy, like, a, like, an iTunes gift card to give my mom for <laughs> Turkey Day. <laughs> you give gifts on Thanksgiving? Yeah, you're sneaking into the turkey butt. <laughs> So you cut open the turkey and the gifts shoot out. <laughs> I've always been a. <laughs> Wouldn't they be all cooked and burnt? <laughs> Not if you get a like a good high quality plastic one from Dwayne Reed. <laughs> You'd be <I'm> crazy. A... <laughs> I've always been. <laughs> so they call it stuffing. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I'll be back. I was... <laughs> you know what? You know what? Whatever. I. I was going to play into this, like, 
this like uh, premise of uh, Cagemore's Carols, but I don't think it's worth it. I think that was a better. No, that was much better. Yeah. So. Uh, so nice try, Nathan. Well, Nathan, for you. <laughs> Nathan, not for us this time. They seem like a nice guy, though. Uh, this next letter goes like this. <laughs> Howdy, dudes. <laughs> I've realized that all but one of the original Peaches has admitted to a sordid affair with everyone's beloved Anne Hathaway. Elliot, we all know that back in high school, you two were star-crossed lovers. Hollywood star-crossed lovers. Star-crossed lovers. Oh, man, you got to pay extra for that. (laughs) Our crusts were filled with stars. Just like in 2001, (laughs) Space Odyssey, Dave Bowen just cut open the the crust on his pizza and said, my God, it's full of stars. Yeah, because it's new Pizza House yep. Star Crust Pizza. <laughs> yep. Those monkeys are like, get the get the obelisk, it's Domino's. So he throws he throws the bone in the in the air and then it turns into a dough that's been thrown up by an Italian pizza maker. <laughs> but he threw it up in zero gravity on a spaceship so it never comes down. That's why you can't have pizza in space. You two were star-crossed you lovers. Dave? Hollywood starlet meets whiny dork. It was the romance of the ages. Dan, as we all know, after Elliot and Anne ended their once secret affair, Anne Hathaway went on to marry none other than William Shakespeare. That is al- uh, let me check the records. Yep, that bears out. That is almost technically factually correct, Dan notes in an aside. Because of all this... We all know that Anne's butt holds a special place in Dan's heart. <laughs> but Stu, yep. what are you hiding? Where do you play in Anne Hathaway's life? Have you been the weird perv who's been pulling the strings in Hollywood to make Ms. Hathaway have a cute makeover in every single movie? Princess Diaries, Devil Wears Prada, Dark Knight Rises, Les Miserables. Brokeback Mountain. What's your secret, Stuart? Jude, last name, not withheld Jackson. Well, let's see. Uh, that wow, never been I, I didn't. Jackson. I didn't realize I lights camera Jackson. <laughs> Jackson, <Jepson>. indeed. <laughs> uh, I remember his dad, Action Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> of course, descended uh, from the American president Andrew Jackson. Yep, and uh, football star Bo Jackson. <laughs> hey, he knew two sports. Mm-hmm. He does know diddly. <laughs> The let's see. Uh, what what is my deal with old Annie Haths? Uh, well, <laughs> you can probably see me in the 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 backs of scenes that she's in, like the backs back of scenes <laughs> in the rear of the is scene, that like, like the, we were butt, what? the butt of a scene. <laughs> Whoa, dude! I was just talking about the rear. I mean, I guess the rear of the scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the background, I'm. Uh, I, I was a background <laughs> the artist. Background. <laughs> I've never heard it said like two words before. It makes me realize how weird that saying is. Background. I love whenever Stu is delighted and he claps at something. He claps like he's one of those monkeys with the symbols. Just chattering his teeth away. Bringing bad luck to kids. I was a background artist in movies like The Dark Knight Rising. Uh, (laughs) uh, Brokeback Mountain. Uh, Havoc. Princess Diaries. These are all names of Anne Hathaway movies. <laughs> so I was yeah. in the background of some of those scenes. Like when you see the gang members hanging out, I was one of those gang members in the movie Havoc. In the movie Dark Knight Rising, when there's those gang members in the background, <laughs> I was one of those gang members. In the Princess Diaries, where she goes up and scolds those gang members, I was one of the supporting gang members. Yeah. 
And in Les Mis, you were a gang member. Oh, of course I was. Yeah. In Les Mis, you were her beautiful pixie haircut. Mm-hmm. I was one of the miserables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, thanks for... I hope that clarified things. If nope. not, uh, uh, hit me up on my cell, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, new phone, who dis? <laughs> Dude, don't spoil it. God. So uh, this next letter says, hey, hey, genius... <laughs> Sex machine, Dan. You guys have made repeated reference to a comic book storyline where, quote, Superboy flies to the edge of the universe and punches reality. Yeah. Wait, what? Come on. Riley, last name withheld. It was like Infinite Crisis. That was was DC's big reboot crossover from a couple years ago. Uh, Was Lobo in that one or is that 52? Of course Lobo was in it. Or was that 54? Car 54? F- Car 54, where are you? <laughs> Wait, so Car 54, where are you, and Studio 54, were they related in any way? <laughs> They're like the same time frame, right, Dan? <laughs> They're I not mean, at all. Car 54 was a little earlier than Studio 54. Yeah, well, but it couldn't have been that early. They had to have invented cars. That's true. It wasn't like the 1830s. Yeah, it's not like a bunch of of monkeys with a bone around an obelisk. I mean, from a geological point of view, Car 54 is still on the air. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question about DC Comics. <laughs> anyway, it was Infinite Crisis. Uh, last letter of the evening. Hey, Peaches. Was, yeah, that was Infinite Crisis, right? I don't know. I don't look at it me. It was how they, like, solved all They their... did a bunch of re- reboots. Yeah. Was and Booster Gold in that one? Was what? Was Booster Gold in that they one? They were all in it. Every okay. character. The question? I think even Prez was in it. It was just a way of... Ex- even Brother Power the Geek, I think, was in it. <laughs> they wanted to clean up their universe, and it was a way of explaining it. They're like, I don't know, fucking Superboy punches a thing. <laughs> uh, matter-eating lad eats the whole shit. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Comic books. Bouncing boy bounced too hard, I guess. Um, Classic man and baby plaz, just, I don't know. <laughs> baby just plaz hit the rewind was button. only in the cartoons. <laughs> Uh, There's, there are times when I'll remember the Plastic Man cartoon show from when we were kids, and I'll be like, did I? Did that show really exist? So my wife has never read a comic book, but for some reason she watched the Plastic Man cartoon show. So anytime there's like a stretchy character, like we'll see the ad for the Fantastic Four movie, she's like, is he like Plastic Man or Baby Plaz? <laughs> <laughs> she thinks Baby Plaz is like the second biggest character in I think she, I think, yeah, I think she's fucking with me. Like every time we see a Boba Fett around, she's like, is he, a, he's a robot, right? <laughs> You're like, he's clearly not. He's wearing khaki pants. <laughs> Yeah, robots can't wear khaki pants. That's insane. <laughs> when was the last time you robots, saw robots in khaki pants? Robots like to party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. They wear blue to jeans. <laughs> They're wearing denims. Uh, so this last letter of the evening uh, goes like this. Hey, Peaches. This may be the goofiest letter segment ever. Invisible Maniac, Castle Freak, mm-hmm. and Head of the Family. Three great tastes. Walk into a bar. <laughs> Soon. And the bartender's like, but you're movies. <laughs> but I'm not the granny. <laughs> So the bar is run It's crazy. So it's a bar for horror movie people? I, I, I mean, I guess the a bar of actual DVD discs. <laughs> they, went to, they went to the bar called Pinhead's Place. Sure. All right. Okay, okay. That was silly. Dan, those movies. Those three movies. Soon to be released by Criterion as The Wellington Collection are well established in the Flophouse canon mm-hmm. as Stewart's favorite films. Yeah. What are Dan and Elliot's equivalent... To the Wellington Collection, though. For you two, which three films would you pick out as not necessarily the best films of all time, but rather the films that are most characteristic of your taste? 
Stuart, since your three picks are already established, feel free to just sit quietly in smug judgment of your friend's taste. Looking forward to your answers. First name withheld, last name withheld, middle name, danger. I can chime in, though, because Dan, one of Dan's has stopped making sense. Well, here's and the thing. Stop like, making sense. Cheeky. What's your third one, Dan? <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, there's actually a difference between... Emmanuel like, goes to college. Boom. <laughs> Emmanuel goes to college. Uh, woman with weird sensuality-based superpowers. It turns out you didn't finish your degree. We need you to come back. See, there's a difference between, like, the movies that would... Uh, there was a difference between the movies that would, like, be most emblematic of my taste and the movies that would be equivalent to the Wellington Collection. Because, like, if we're talking about the, the the former, yeah, maybe, like, Stop Making Sense and, I don't know, The Third Man and His Girl Friday. Put those together or something like that. Or, like, maybe toss in some Marx Brothers. But <clears throat> Sure, toss in a couple of them. If, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, Make sure just, one of them's not Zeppo, though. Yeah, not Zeppo. Um, Gummo. Gummo is in there just like as, the a, as like a fabric softener, but um, because <laughs> yeah, nothing sounds more like a fabric softener than gum. <laughs> Dan, remind me to never let you do my laundry. But if we're doing like an equivalent to Stewart's Wellington collection, uh, I don't know. I think I might. Uh, mine might be Return of the Living Dead, which I've mentioned almost as much as Stewart has mentioned his movies. Yep. Uh, <coughs> You recommend stop making sense at least twice. Yeah, but this is a different. We're talking about, this is about what crap, have you seen though. on a plane? We're not crap. So you're making me forget. <laughs> oh, I'm messing your, up your train of thought. You're up do you my want flow. Elliot to do his flow you a little just, bit? You just threw a mind penny onto his train of thought. <laughs> <tracks. laughs> sure. Well, this because you're asking my favorite movies would be. It's, yeah, they're different. They're different because then that would be the Taken Pelham One Two Three, the original, uh, Shadow of a Doubt, yep. and. Either a night at the opera or a mir- the miracle of Morgan's Creek, but yeah. it kind of like, but yeah, you're those. But three the equivalent movies, to the Wellington collection, the, I've I've got it. I remember it was uh, Return of the Living Dead, Big Trouble in Little China, and I don't know, maybe the Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, there's there's. Don't get me wrong, Stuart. There are too many movies where I think of where I'm like, yeah, that would be like that. Except I have more respect for that movie than I think you do for like. Invisible Maniac. I, even like, like, I feel like even like the <laughs> Gremlins 2, the That's new the match. Like Gremlins 2, the new match is a genuinely brilliant movie that I love. Like yeah. I wouldn't ever recommend that as like a joke, but maybe I'd recommend like, even like Return of the Living Dead I think is great. You know, yeah. like, I think I, you guys are suggesting I'm recommending these movies as a joke. <laughs> and I think you're stupid. I think you're, you're recommending them for real, but you're not like, these are the best movies. That, or I don't know, maybe you are. But like, uh, um, like, I want to say a movie like Teen Wolf, which I think is totally dumb, but as a kid I watched it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, Teen Wolf is a good pick. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of two other ones. So, okay, so we're... A movie about a teenage wolf is so amazing that <laughs> it probably counts as three <laughs> who, movies. Who surfs on a van, let's So we're in that. Teen Wolf, okay? I'm not one of the characters. Maybe I'm Boof. Who gives a shit? You're clearly Styles. One of you guys is Styles and one of you guys is Teen Wolf. I can't be Styles. Who's going to be which? <laughs> Dan, I think Dan would be Teen Wolf. I think he'd be Styles, Elliot. I th- could, I could Wait, see it going Elliot either way. Styles? You want to be Styles? Styles, one, never has sex. Two, is not a werewolf. That's true. You want to be the Teen Wolf, but I could see it going either way. Yeah. Because both me and Michael J. Fox have no business being on a basketball team, <laughs> since we're both about three foot six. I think we should go get a van, rent a van, 
Okay, one of you guys has good it's credit, the only right? Way, way to test this. So yeah. let's rent a van, and you guys both have to surf on top of it. Sure, and yeah. then we both have to walk around with a shirt on that says, "What are you looking at, Dick Nose?" <laughs> okay, see who wears it better. And then, yeah, I'll interview people on the street as to who looked more comfortable <laughs> we'll in both in roles. Us. We'll put it in us weekly. <laughs> okay, we have, we have to go into into a, both of us weekly <laughs> into a liquor store and try to con them into selling us a keg of beer. We'll see who's successful and who's not successful. Okay, yeah. so these are pretty clear criteria. Yeah, I mean it's pretty easy to decide who's a styles and who's okay. A, let's wrap this podcast up. Which so we one can of us is a total geek loser who, when he enters a party situation, becomes the king ringmaster that everybody listens to because mm-hmm. that's styles. Yeah. And which one of us is a quiet guy who becomes a werewolf who's in a civil war play? Because that's the Teen Wolf. Yeah, it's a tough one. I feel like they both have their advantages and disadvantages. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's such yeah. A great one movie. of them is not clearly better. That's why it's a, ch- a challenging it's question. Hard to pick. I mean, I the feel same like thing. in all male relationship, the person has to ask himself: In this relationship, am I the Teen Wolf or the Styles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's. There's a lot. There's you have to hold up that mirror, that wolf-colored mirror, <laughs> or Styles-colored mirror. Who knows? Maybe you're just his dad. It's got kind of super like philosophical. I'm going to be the dad wolf. in this case. You'll be the dad who's kind of like I'm like an older, proud wolf. He's like a he's like the like the poor man's version of the dad from Gremlins. I mean, I'd be more like the Coors Light beer wolf, probably. Yeah. But who's the actor? Who's Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, that's a good question. Because hmm. he's not, well, he's kind of a non entity in the movie. He's yeah. in it, but he'd, he's certainly not a Francis type. We character. don't have that many characters on our podcast. All right. Here's the question I have about Teen Wolf, and it's something I've wondered before, maybe on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe Jubin? <laughs> Why does being a wolf make you better at basketball? Well, that's clearly, it's in, easy. Well, yeah, jumping it, ability. Jumping he's got and mad ups. Sense, he can smell the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's using all of his senses. He can hear the dribbling. So, but here's the thing. You would think that they're playing teams from other schools. You would think word would eventually get out to We've the media. We've talked about this like a there zillion is a times. On the team, <laughs> somebody would. Yeah, yeah. The school would... fucking paper shit yeah. comes yeah. up well, like he's famous. What are the ethics of using a werewolf in basketball? <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, they just like the local news, like just treats it as like a color story. Like a local high school has a bit of a different sort <laughs> of <laughs> player. They thought they were in a hairy situation. <laughs> I was gonna make a hairy situation fun, <laughs> but now they're. Howling all the way to the state championships. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Local school has a player that wolfs down cheeseburgers. <laughs> His name is Jughead. <laughs> and he's not a player. He's just a guy with an inside out hat that looks like a crown. He's a guy who wears a that, crown around. He's just a guy who has the same face but different hair as one of the teachers, Miss Grundy. And also looks exactly like his own girlfriend. <laughs> He's just a guy who owns a dog with a time traveling doghouse. Look it up, it happens. <laughs> He's just a guy who thinks girls are gross, but burgers are great. Film at 11. Why are you bringing us film of teenagers eating? We're not going to run this. Why did you cut a promo for it already? <laughs> Uh, You're yeah, so did he like? What, did he earn that crown? Was it given to him? It's just a hat turned inside. <laughs> Wait, a minute, what? <laughs> like Leo Gorsi used to wear in the Bowery Boys movies. <laughs> but the uh, so you just think the teams are always surprised they're playing a wolf. You think one of the coaches would tip <laughs> off another coach? Hey, one thing you should know: there's a wolf on their team. So I don't know, like put silver on the ball so he can't touch it. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, covered me- in that popular Wolf Spain energy drink. 
Uh, I'm so, just saying, like, if the if they throw the ball to him, somebody should just beat him to death with a silver-headed cane. It's the only way you're going to sure. win this game. Or what if the other team started courting other monsters? So a school shows that up with a, dr- been with a Dracula great, on their team. Like, we got a mummy. He's slow as shit, but he's super tough. He's yeah. super he tall. Doesn't he doesn't get tired at all. He's monster super tall. Yeah. I mean, like, he's not super coordinated, but that's the thing. He's just on defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dracula can turn into a mist. Do you think he can't help? You get, that won't help him dunk. Creature from the Black Lagoon can lick up everybody's sweat or something. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I don't think you understand what that monster does. <laughs> what about do we I mean, the place? Invisible Man would be very useful. He'd be fantastic, but you'd never know if he was traveling or not. Yeah, you wouldn't know whether he's open. You wouldn't know anything. That's yeah. one of his advantages. It's not like the ref's going to call it. That's true. He's going to be like that. Pass is just really slow. <laughs> <laughs> the Invisible Man is just pretending to be the wind. <laughs> Yep. The and then ball. the referee, referee like like rubs his eyes and he goes eater eater yeah. and where he like looks pulls at out it, a flask <laughs> never again. Never again. Well, you, shouldn't it. Been, you shouldn't have been drinking during the game anyway, Mister Ref. He, he throws I'll it. Allow it. He, he throws it. The other drinking. Lug lug You're not a judge. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, what There's the a man? team as a Godzilla. <laughs> like, Godzilla would be amazing. He just gets the ball once, drops it in the net. And then roasts everybody with a blast of flame Atomic from his mouth. Breath, yeah. yeah. Now, what monsters would be bad? Clearly the Metaluna mutant from mm-hmm. this island Earth, because his hands are just kind of like clamps. The blob would not yeah, be good. Terrible. It would just absorb the ball. Yeah, that would be terrible. And then no one could get it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are bad mods. The fly, again, not good. He's only got one human I mean, hand. He can fly, though. <laughs> Uh, can he fly? Not really. He's he got can... a big fly head. <laughs> and the Jeff Goldblum fly can stick to walls, I guess. But, but it's yeah. also, but you know deep down there's a Jeff Goldblum down there. <laughs> Eventually, that's the thing is, he's like dribbling the ball, and then he pulls one of his own teeth out and throws it away, you know. Gets yeah. attacked yeah, by yeah, a bamboo. Yeah, don't need that anymore. <laughs> so I think we figured out that one. Uh, yeah, so thank you for that question that turned into another thing. <laughs> I don't, in such a way that I don't even remember what we were first being asked about. I feel like we could easily do a podcast just about Teen Wolf. Not even like... <laughs> oh, I team- thought you meant about like Monsters' various sports abilities. Well, that too. We haven't even gotten into baseball yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks for everyone who wrote in. And again, thanks for everyone who uh, sent us things. And, uh, and remember those plugs. Those were fun, too. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, but Are we now- done? No, we, we got to do our last we thing. We recommend stuff. Recommend movies that we saw that we actually liked. I'll go fa- first and I'll try to make <laughs> it fast. Um, I saw a movie that was not a little movie. It was a big blockbuster movie. And I saw it yesterday and it was called Spectre. It was the most recent. Oh, the movie about the Spectre, the DC character. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. The most He's recent. a ghost police detective He's or something, ghost right? Ghost cop, yeah. Most recent James Bond movie. Probably the last Daniel Craig movie, unless uh, is he dead? They back up a book. Hello, hello, it's me. I'm dead, Daniel Craig. Did Daniel Craig retire from filmmaking? Why is he not he making more movies? He just doesn't want to make more uh, James Bond movies. Oh, the last Daniel Craig James Bond. That's movie. right. <laughs> Looks like someone needs to be clearer with his language. Dan, I have an mm-hmm. essay for you. It's called the po- English politics. And All English right. language I think I might have well. been in the process of getting to that, but uh, <laughs> when I was being interrupted, but I don't know. Um. Here's the thing. I feel like Skyfall was a little overrated, and that this movie Whoa, is a great hot take. You mean you didn't love him turning out to be Batman? <laughs> yeah, like the, I feel like that, Batman, Batman in a kind of Home Alone type scenario. I feel like that movie. Uh, <laughs> that movie started it's out a really good selling point. Of that started movie. out well, and then got like a weird mix of like super dour and super goofy. Up to the moment 
he calls in the radio to come get Javier Bardem on Smuggler's Island. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. And everything after that point is like descends over time. Yeah. And Spectre has a little bit of that problem, too. Like, at the very end of the movie, it gets super goofy, and there's... <laughs> it turns into one of those old 60s comedies where everybody's chasing each other <laughs> on right. little buggies. <laughs> it turns into the uh, the original version of Casino Royale. <laughs> David Niven and Woody, Woody Allen Allen's come just out. hiccuping all over the place. Uh, no, like, it has the problem that a lot of modern uh, action movies do where they think, like, everything has to get super personal. There has to be a super personal reason behind everything. To a ridiculous degree, and I don't—I I won't get into spoilers, but suffice it to say, it's stupid. But I enjoyed Spectre more overall than I enjoyed Skyfall. It—I feel like it balanced the tones of a James Bond movie better than anything since Casino Royale. Like it—it was—it was the new version of James Bond, but it was still like retro and silly and fun. Was it like Moonraker? It was not like Moonraker. Oh, that's too bad. But but it was very exciting. And it had uh, a, a a lot of really great action sequences. It's got the Baluch in it too. It's got the Baluch. <laughs> <laughs> Monica Baluch, or the Baluch, as her fans call it. I thought that and was Jim Baluch. That's <laughs> the Baluch. And it's got this is the Baluch. And it's got maybe the most intense uh, scene of let's strap James Bond to a thing and have it uh, slowly uh, attack him since Gold Gold. Oh, Finger. that sounds great. That's a long time so, since. I enjoyed Is it. Is it also crotch related, like in Goldfinger? It's it's like meant shoot let's call off his the weenus. mental crotch. <laughs> okay, I guess the mind is the largest erogenous zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So I enjoyed that movie, Spectre. I'm going to recommend two movies: one old, one new. <laughs> okay. One of them is related to the movie we watched today, kind of, in that it's about parents and teens, and it's a movie that I watched recently called Grandma, starring Lily Tomlin. Called Gremlins. Called Gremlins. It's <laughs> Gremlins? about parents who should not dress up as Santa Claus and try to go down the chimney because they'll get stuck. Uh, and Lily Tomlin is an, is an old lady who is still mourning the death of her longtime partner, uh, and her granddaughter shows up one day and needs money for an abortion because she's pregnant, and they go on a kind of like picaresque travelogue to get the money for it. It's a kind of Small scale movie that is a, there's a little bit of too much of a touch of the sassy grandma in it, but I found it genuinely funny. And at the end of by the end of it, it was more about characters not making stupid decisions, but instead like being like you know what, recognizing their kind of unnecessarily hostile behavior to each other and trying to change. And I like that about it. So I thought it was a good little movie. But this is related to Dan's recommendation. A movie I'd been putting off watching for a long time and finally did was the classic spy movie, The Ipcris File. Oh, that's a good one. Which I really enjoyed a lot. It's kind. Of, it's very clearly the anti-Bond movie in that it is kind of a dour uh, movie about a guy whose life is not very glamorous as a spy. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of really funny parts in it. And it managed to be funny without being silly or, or non-bleak, which I liked about it. So, Grandma... For if you want to watch a new movie, the if Chris file, you watch an old movie. Okay, and now it's my turn. I'm Stuart. I'm going to recommend a <laughs> movie from. Thanks for rebranding. Anyone just coming now? <laughs> for anybody just tuning in now, I'm Stuart. I'm going to recommend a movie. This one is. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. An Ozploitation Joint. Okay. It's a little movie called Razorback. Called The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Now, this movie, Razorback, was sent uh, sent to me uh, as a Blu-ray disc from listener, I'm going to butcher this name, and I probably said it before, Cal Scoothorpe. Um, Sounds right. 
It took me a little while to pop it into my old Blu-ray player because it was a non-American DVD, I think. And I was nervous that it wasn't going to play. But I popped it in and play it did. And boy, did I enjoy it. <laughs> and thus ended the quest of the Razorback disc. <laughs> Uh, it is about a giant ass razorback that is tearing shit up in the outback. Mm-hmm. Uh, this old guy starts a quest to try and kill it because this giant razorback comes and kills, uh, takes away his grandson, and then it puts him on trial for doing something to his grandson. Okay, uh, and so he does starts his quest for vengeance to kill all razorbacks. In the middle, there's a couple of goofy, like wacky colorful Australian characters who are both like hunters and also just like general weirdo dickheads. Uh, Some Americans come and try and figure their way around Australia and they realize that it is a wacky place. (laughs) I totally recommend Razorback. Watch that piece. All right. Well, thank you, Stuart. I did it. Thanks. <laughs> you did. I did you it. You made it happen. Thanks. So uh, this one we're done. I, I we haven't said this uh, much, but I do want to say that. Uh, I mean, we are. I, I want to say a shout out to our network, Max Fun. Oh yeah, there's a lot of we great shows. Do uh, yeah, let's do I've that. been spending a lot of time listening to all of the shows on our network lately. I've been checking out uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself uh, with Dave and Graham, a couple of Canadian comedians. And there's something about the way Graham laughs, this like crazy wheezing, like wheezing laugh that is so funny. And I can't just like, I just want to hear him laugh yeah. a lot. <laughs> I just there's something so the, endearing about it. The most recent episode includes a shout out, uh, Elliot to, uh, yourself and, um, uh, myself from <laughs> Mr. Al Madrigal. Who's the guest. That's very nice. Yeah. I haven't listened to I'm it yet. A- I probably got a shout out too, right? Uh, uh, I mean, it would be hard since he's never met you, and he actively was trying to replace you on our yeah. podcast. Yeah, so he didn't say anything like nice about me. I mean, he didn't say anything bad about you. I guess nothing bad is the next best thing. Yeah, he's a great guy. It's okay. like Oscar Wilde said: the only thing worse than not being talked about is if someone says something bad about you. Oh, he did say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got wallpaper that says that on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, said the wallpaper has to go where I do. Yeah. And then he killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> and he put their body in the bed and said, Oscar Wilde's dead. And he ran off. That is, his debts were clear. That is a great Oscar <laughs> Wilde said, movie. Yeah. Much more sodomy for me. <laughs> As he, and then he, he jumped off a cliff and his a parachute opened up. And it was a big image of the Union Jack with someone committing sodomy. <laughs> with, with, a, with an anus in the middle of it. Important to being earnest. (laughs) Oscar Wilde will return in lots of balls. (laughs) Whoa. I'm trying to go off Thunderballs. I don't know. Thunderball. Yeah. Like a single ball. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One ball. I'm not Cubby Broccoli. I didn't title the movie. The most erotic part of the the man's anatomy. The ball. Uh, now I want you to do a coffee table book based on that. <laughs> yeah, it would be only in its singular. It'd be like those Tashin books. As a binary, it, it is uninteresting. Like <laughs> testicle. <laughs> sure. For some reason, no one ever buys it, but it's in every Barnes and Noble on display, no less. All right. Well, somebody goes into the Strand and they and yep. they buy it, but they still always have a sticker stuck to the cover with the discount price. I mean, on I'd it. see it every time I'm walking past to go to the mango section. <laughs> Oh, we got to explain this to you again, Stu. Uh, and we also have to uh, go divvy up 
some delightful DVDs from Keith Phipps. So uh, we should Digital sign Digital video divvies. Uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm still Stuart Wellington. And when you listen to this, I'll probably still be Elliot Kalen, but call me to check and find out. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Get it out of your systems now? No, no, I'm getting it into my system. Doing some jokes. Making a system of jokes. System of a jokes of a down. <laughs> Doing it joke ways. Da, 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 joke jokes. <laughs> They're gonna make their jokes come true. The Flophouse. Rated R. <laughs> All right. Is praying at the Church of Flophouses. Of Latter day Saints. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Hal. And we're the hosts of We Got This. The show that offers definitive answers to dumb debates that you suggest. Every Wednesday, we discuss the hot-button topics you never knew you cared so much about. Like whether you should put ketchup on a hot dog. What's the best Star Wars movie? Whether it's better to be too hot or too cold. Coke or Pepsi? Best Marvel movie. Which is the best religion? I told you we're not doing that one. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org. And don't worry, everyone. We got this. We got this.